Welcome back to the Fantasy Flavor Podcast, where we spice up your daily dose of fantasy football content. Join Dylan Thomas, Sanat Ansara, and Trenton Roberts as they provide you with player and team analysis, mock drafts, and one-on-one interviews. Hey, what's going on, Fantasy Flavor Podcast listeners, YouTube viewers? What's up? My name is Dylan Thomas. I'm joined here with Sanatan and Trenton. How are you both doing? Good. We are exhausted with the new startup that we have in the Fantasy Flavor uh, Dynasty uh, startup. And we we have a lot of discussions on who we are picking. Um, So it's fun and exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am somewhat on quarantine now, though, so at least I can get out and about. I'm not stuck in the house. <laughs> yeah, definitely nice here. Um, so just before we start today's episode of talking about a few of the um, NFL draft winners and losers, I just want to make sure if, you, if you're um, watching on YouTube right now, make sure to subscribe. Um, I believe over 70% of our listeners are not subscribed, so maybe you just forgot to subscribe. I know sometimes that happens, so hit subscribe, hit the like button, and if you're on podcast platforms, make sure to subscribe there, too. Leave us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it during this time. Um, it put a smile on our faces while, um, you know, the world around us is just kind of a sad place. So we'd appreciate it. But let's begin with Sanan here. He's going to be talking about the first NFL draft winner. Who do we got? Yeah, before I start, I just also want to mention that please also join our Discord channel. It's in the link below. And uh, you can discuss all your trades and everything. We are very, very um, prompt there. So someone will answer you immediately so please uh, join that and talking about a winner my first winner is someone who can bring a smile to dylan's face and it's nakeel harry of new england so uh belichick did uh did throw us a doozy right he had like 10 draft draft picks and they did not select any wide receivers who would have thought right i i, I mean they have Two older guys in Edelman and Sanu. And I I for sure was certain that they are going to draft a wide receiver in this, you know, deep class. But they did not. So then who who else is Harry competing with apart from Edelman and Sanu? There are no other names um, that can come to mind or someone can remember. Um, apart from that, I also read a news, uh, thanks to Dylan. Uh, we said that he is consulting a footwork specialist, footwork king, if you may, uh, who has also worked with clients like OBJ, Hopkins, um, CD Lamb, and he's trying to improve his footwork so that he can um, get a good release of jam. So, you know, I think he's helping himself. He knows that uh, being a first rounder draft pick from last year is a big um, responsibility on his shoulders. And that and New England not picking anyone is also a kind of a de- testament that you know they believe in him. And um, the other thing, the other interesting thing is that Stidham uh, and Harry were roommates in the last year's uh, training camp, and I'm pretty sure that they must have developed some chemistry. They are good friends, and since now it's pretty much certain that Stidham is going to be the uh, you know, quarterback of New England. I think that will really help Harry. Um, 
he also has the elite metrics that has not gone anywhere while coming out of college you know the breakout age and the uh, good uh, spark score everything he's still very young 22 years old he, he has great mm-hmm. size and speed so and uh, and he's a very good red zone threat uh, so last year he had like 12 receptions and among 12 he had like two touchdowns he also had some rushing attempts too so when you look at all of these things i really feel that he's he's worth a shot because you don't have to pay a lot right now people are still very low on him i don't know why maybe they are just burned that they spent a lot of capital last year and he did not um pan out people just don't uh, you know give away you know they don't uh, let go of that anger if they have to spend so much and not get not get any uh, production so probably that's why so i think he's a great buy right now maybe he'll be a bit um, you know costier now but before the draft if you had listened to us and went ahead and bought him that would be great yeah i made a, a video breakdown of him um seven months ago <laughs> over a thousand views um one of our most viewed things here on the youtube channel so make sure to check it out just scroll back then keel harry fantasy football breakdown i bro- broke down a little bit of film a lot of advanced metrics um I know Trenton isn't the highest on Nikhil, but I think overall this has to be good for his value because they have no competition. So whether yeah. you think Nikhil's a bust or not, he's gonna have all the time and the you know all the opportunity to prove it. So yeah. you know, and I think working with that footwork king is pretty good because those guys have good releases, they have good footwork there, and that's um something with the separation that is a problem. That's why he doesn't get open; he has terrible releases. So at least he's addressing his weaknesses. So it'll be interesting. There's definitely a, a um a higher chance, definitely more than when he came out of college, the boss now. So it's a little bit of um reward risk, but I I I like this buy. I think um he's going pretty. Yeah, cheap. he's not very costly too. Like mm-hmm. yeah, he, you can get for a you know late or mid second easy. I think that's not a bad price to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Tron? Yeah, I. Uh, going back to one thing you said, Sonat, and that he was a good touchdown guy, I have to disagree with that. He's not that great in the red zone. He ju- he just has a, he has a body that looks like it could be, but it's not that great. But looking at him going to like a route running specialist, footwork specialist, that is very promising because that was his biggest issue coming out. He he struggled on those routes and stuff. So but- sure, he definitely is a winner of the offseason because they didn't add that comp. but make him not okay and he's a great contested uh, catch guy so mm-hmm. i mean those guys succeed in red zone i'm maybe his college production was not that way but if you are a contested catch guy who says you are not a good red zone threat if if the if the ball is thrown to you yeah, he's, he's he just weird in that way last year He made a very good catch last year in the end zone when Brady th- threw him the ball. Mm-hmm. I liked it. So I will say the yeah. one thing he's just weird that way to me. I think he's 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 a great contested catch guy, but he's not that great in in the red zone. He's not that guy. He's the he's a contested catch guy that'll get you first downs, but mm-hmm. I don't think he'll get you that high that high touchdown total that you expect. Yeah, I think that has to do with his releases too. I talked about that in my video. When he has this super mm-hmm. nice release, he gets open like OBJ. I kid you not. Like he ran a slant 
Um, I think it was versus Iowa or something. Like, he just got like wide open. I went, holy crap. He was open like half a second. So I will say also he had a touchdown callback versus Kansas City. His foot was not out of bounds. It was very clearly yeah, in bounds. Yeah, it was not, yeah. It. So he'd have, mm-hmm. what would that be, three touchdowns and 13 catches? Three, so 12 know, catches, yeah. May, maybe he's not the best at the red zone, but they used him like that. And um, he played awful, right? But he overtook Sanu who also, you know, kind of blew up versus your Ravens, but then kind of fell off too. So I feel like he'll come in and he'll be their starter. Um, and instead of going to have that connection, he's working. He's been wor- every single day on Instagram because, you know, I follow my Patriots players. He's at the gym. He's working out. He's catching balls. So, it- yeah, every all throughout, if you look at all the points that has been made, everything is a green check mark for him. Yeah, everything's like a good Like the relationship, mm-hmm. the work, the work that he's doing, everything like, is in the positive direction. There is nothing negative to see here. Yeah, it's cheap cost. It's just going to be, mm-hmm. I think everything's in his hands, right? So if you're someone yeah, like exactly. Trent and don't believe in him, then you maybe you won't buy him, even if he's super cheap. But if you do believe in him, I feel like um, mm-hmm. everything's good. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't gotten injured at all or anything. So he spent a while here on the keel, but he's so polarizing, honestly, because of how highly yeah. touted he was last year and how we feel about him. So. Yes. And also, it's about mm-hmm. the cost, Dylan. Like, we don't have to believe in him for him to be a, you know, a good value. That's true, too. Even if he puts yeah. up, like, bad, like, decent numbers and, like, bad efficiency, he'd probably sell them. There's just a lot of volume there, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on here. Trenton, sorry, we took you a while here. Who's your buy? <laughs> uh, my biggest winner of the offseason uh, would have to be the Giants wide receiver, Darius Slayton. What the, what the Giants did in the offseason, I'll start with that. It's They added no competition for him, really. It's going to be the same group as last year where he actually really br- did really well. It started breaking out near the end of the year. Uh, they Im- did improve their offensive line, which was struggling at some points last year. They weren't that great in the ground game. So I believe uh, fixing the offensive line the way they did will open up holes for Saquon Barkley and then keep the defenses more honest down low. Uh, they were decent in the passing game, but they still gave up uh, the bottom half of the league in sacks. So improving that, I believe they added at every single position on the offensive line. They added a guy that could come in and either this year or in a few years be that starting guy. So that's huge for them on offense. You flip to the defense. They didn't really add anybody outside of Xavier McKinney that will make an impact at least right away, if not ever, because they didn't add much. So their defense is still going to be garbage, and they're going to have to pass a ton. So you're looking at that guy on a team where they have to catch up in games a lot, and they have a young rookie quarterback that really, really started breaking out around week eight last year. So And from then on, he actually looked really good in his last seven games he played. So you you look at that oh, in his last seven games, other than the Green Bay game. I'll have to say that. That Green Bay game was horrendous for him. But he has a young ascending rookie quarter – or rookie, sophomore quarterback now, and he's looking to be possibly that number one guy on that offense. He really looked good last year. Um, and uh, one thing that's really underrated about him – he had three multi-touchdown performances. You don't see that from most receivers. You look at you look at him, he has great touchdown efficiency. And sure, that may not be viable again. He may not do that again. But he's still going to be a guy that they're going to look at in the red zone. Plus, he has that deep threat capability. He has that speed. 
So he can get touchdowns in the red zone, and he can also get touchdowns from anywhere on the field. He's going to score a decent bit, and he's going to get you chunk yardage. He's going to get you decent yardage, and he's paired with a young quarterback that seems to really love passing him the ball. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like Slayton too, to be honest. Um, if you didn't know the Daniel Jones, if he played 16 games, was going to be on pace to throw for more touchdowns than Baker Mayfield did as a rookie. I believe it was something like 35. It was something ridiculous. Like Daniel Jones was mm-hmm. super inconsistent when he was hot. He was um, incredible, honestly. Um, he had a game versus He had Bay, 18 in his last seven games. I checked it. 18 Ooh. touchdowns to five interceptions in his last seven games. Yeah, if he can clean up the fumbles, he's really good. So Slayton, obviously. And pretty fumbles. <laughs> yeah. Include but, the fumbles. Here, I'll yeah. add the fumbles. Fumbles are important, but um, yeah, yeah. What's up? Okay, yeah, he had a decent bit, but <laughs> yeah, he he can um he has yeah. struggles with fumbles, but Darius Slayton doesn't care about the fumbles. So um, yeah. as long as the defense is bad, I think Darius Slayton has an mm. opportunity there. I think Sterling Shepard's a little interesting too, but I yeah. I don't know who's cheaper. Slayton might actually be more expensive. I'm I should look into I, some startups. Yes. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think Slayton is expensive, and I I think the clear winner is Shepard because if you look, then he always had almost eight targets every game that when he was on the field. So in every game, and I think uh, in PPR, I am very very interested in Shepard. I think he he is a clear winner because of this off season. Yeah, I much like- more than Slayton. I do like both of those receivers. Someone will be the number one there. It could even be Golden Tate, which might be the lamest option for dynasty yeah. but you know um should we move on here to my um my draft winner here i think we should so my draft winner here is my favorite person in the world austin eckler i haven't been the biggest eckler enthusiast and um i think i chose this name i sniped it from trenton because i think accountability is important on this podcast on this youtube channel so obviously i thought they're gonna bring in competition they had a second they had a third they had a fourth they had it you know what i mean and they weren't drafting somebody in the first round, but they had a lot of picks. They end up spending the second and the third to move up to grab Kenneth Murray in the first round. So, well, there goes that. I don't really, you know, at that point, they did drop Josh Kelly, I think, in the fourth. And they said they had a, they were going to take him in the third round, but they didn't have a pick there. So I guess that's a little good there for Josh Kelly. But am I scared of Josh Kelly for Austin Eckler? No. Do I think Josh Kelly's going to take some of the touches like Melvin Gordon did? Yes. But do I think Josh Kelly's worse than Melvin Gordon? Yes. Also, yes. So, um, <laughs> I was kind of leading you. No, no hot take here. So, I think it could be yes, a lot again. worse than Josh Kelly. Like, let's say it's a Zach Moss, even who I hate, or an AJ Dillon, or you know, maybe even like a J.K. Dobbins. You know, let's say he hypothetically slides or they trade up. So, it could be a lot worse. That's my point. So, Eckler mm-hmm. should be lock and loaded in this year. My problem with him still is he has um, fluctuating touchdowns. They weren't sticky, and what I mean by that is a lot of the touchdowns he scored weren't in the red zone. And that makes sense because he doesn't get goal line carries. And even in the target receptions, too, they're like 30-yard long, you know, receptions. Good news, PPR don't give no fuck, right? I mean, PPR leagues, he's going to be a beast. So mm-hmm. that, that's what matters. So Eichler is a winner. I don't know if I put him in my top 12 dynasty because he's just such a small guy. And we kind of saw with Lindsay that these small guys um kind of get replaced eventually. So I don't know. He, he could be a good buy for a contender, though. I like Eckler, even though I don't think he's really good at running the football at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, except for the last sentence. Really? He was not efficient good, uh, running yeah, the he, football at all. Yards created he was. too great? No. 
He he broke a lot of tackles, man. Uh, they, uh, yeah, Dave Montgomery yeah, broke a lot of tackles too in college, and that hasn't done him too well. Not college in the NFL. Eckler mm-hmm. broke a lot of tackles last on. year. Hold on, I could pull it up okay. for you. Uh, the, on Twitter, I actually have a spreadsheet of all these numbers here. Uh, pinned on my While Twitter. you're pulling it up, yeah, sure. While you're pulling it mm-hmm. up, I will. I'll mention something. Yeah. I love Eckler. Everybody knows I love Eckler. Mm-hmm. The I, I really like him because he is a guy that's one of the best pass catching backs, if not the pass catching back in the NFL. You can argue that he's even better at mm-hmm. catching passes than Christian McCaffrey. It's arguable. It's debatable. That's that's insane because Christian McCaffrey is an amazing pass catcher. But those are your clear top two guys. So he's going to put up amazing numbers in PPR. He didn't get many rushing attempts last season. But here's the thing. Mel, with Melvin Gordon gone, they're going to give a guy that they didn't run the ball a lot a lot more attempts to run the ball. His numbers are going to go up in that department. He, I mean, sure, they brought in a guy in the draft that will come in and take some touches. But Eckler will run the ball even more than he did last season, and he'll be on the field more. And look at those first four games of the season with Melvin Gordon out. Eckler was insane. He was arguably the best running back in football over those four weeks, just because mm-hmm. he was he was putting up such amazing numbers. When Melvin Gordon came back, they tried to put it more into a timeshare. Didn't work out too well because Melvin Gordon couldn't stop fumbling the ball. But we're not getting into that. Uh, Eckler is even even after a couple weeks. Once they decide, once they figured out that Eckler was their lead guy. Eckler continued to put up big numbers, even splitting some carries with Melvin Gordon. So he's going to put up big numbers, and I really love him because they're going to start feeding him the ball more on the ground, and he's still going to get that passing volume. Yeah, you ready for some numbers, boys? Um, so Austin Eckler is 26th out of um, the top 50 PPR running backs in Juke Rate. So he's average in that department, to Snotten's point. Um, yards uh, created, he was um, like 37th, I believe. Um, kind of my main concern here, just to back it up here, his touchdown distribution, I believe, um, how do I put this? His TD distribution, I believe um, 45% were in the red zone. So that's what I mean by they aren't sticky. Also, his offensive line's bad. They didn't improve on it, too. Just kind of going through the numbers here. But, um, yeah, even um, David Zach's yards created per attempt versus expected, he was still 29th. So I think he's a little over – I think he – is maybe more average than bad. I might have been a little harsh, but, you know, something to think about. But see, they did improve on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yes, Just nobody's, nobody's going to notice mostly, it. Yards because they're bringing back. Mostly, sorry, yards created is used mostly when someone is transitioning from college to NFL. When mm-hmm. he's already in that team, which has that kind of offensive line, why do we have to care about the yards created for our uh, for fantasy uh, points? Yeah, it's a like, bit less uh, sticky. But I was just trying to make the point because you were like, oh, he's not as good of a run. I think he's overrated as a run. Some people think he's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're in a sh- behind a shit line and uh, you are not mm-hmm. getting anything uh, you know, in fantasy, but your yards created are good, I'm not going to draft you over someone who is getting me a lot of fantasy points because their O-line is good, right? So we don't care about that after, you know, we care about that only for the rookies. Yeah, I think you're missing my point. I wasn't saying that to be like, oh, this is good or this is bad for fantasy. My point was to say that because of my real-life claim that he was good or bad at football. So I backed it up with some numbers, at running the football, excuse me. 
so that was kind of an independent fantasy thing there you can take value how much however you want it's not as sticky as coming up for college you're right but you know there's his draft capital is kind of bad too and um overall i feel good about eckler you know my, my one worry though that i didn't mention felix support philip rivers is gone philip rivers would love to check down to his running yeah. back Justin Herbert does like to feed his running backs. Uh, C.J. Verdell out of Oregon had a fair amount of receptions, I believe, like 20-plus. But he likes to throw screens a lot to his wide receivers, too. So I don't know if there will be a lot of Austin Eckler screens. And even if they are, I don't know if he'll check down to his running back like how we want to see Eckler used. If he's the best re- receiving back in all football, we don't want to just see him doing screens. We want to see him running Texas route, angle routes, you know. We want to see him going on out routes, right? So it's a lot more, you know, than that. So that's all. I'm kind of worried about like a basic offense because Herbert is a dumbo. <laughs> Too uh, soon. <laughs> yeah, he was dumbo in college. He was so inconsistent. Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. yeah, flashes there. But let's move on here. 20 minutes. And thank you so much for listening. Back to Snotten. Draft loser. Who do we got? Yeah, I think um, I did not expect this. I My draft loser is Daryl H- Henderson. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that Rams have so many, you know, needs in, in their offensive line. They also had needs on their defense. Mm-hmm. I for sure, and after um, this guy, uh, Cooks was gone, um, I thought they, they will also invest in wide receiver early, probably. But looking at them invest their, you know, top pick on the running back position just gives it away. Like, uh, in, in the offseason, people were buying Henderson for you know late first or uh, early second and i was not you know i I was not a fan of henderson but i was not like uh, raising my eyebrows on them because i thought maybe he has the opportunity for some work this Mm -hmm. year um i did not envision that rams will select a running back early but they did uh they spent quite a bit of draft Mm -hmm. draft capital on acres and acres was my third favorite running back before the draft, I really like his um, pass catching ability, mm-hmm. his uh, you know uh, yards created. Like he, he is, uh, he is a tough guy who ran behind a very very bad offensive line in Florida. So you know that will not be a big change for him because Rams offensive line is bad too. Uh, and I think um, you know if Henderson was even average, forget good. Mm-hmm. then he could have uh, gotten some opportunities last year. So last year, Gurley was there. We all know that. But he could not even beat out Malcolm Brown, who is still there uh, on Rams roster. Like he had half of the carries that Malcolm Brown got, almost similar receptions. I don't see mm-hmm. a path for Henderson to get those touches that people are believing that he might still get after Akers is there. I was very uh, skeptic uh, uh, before Akers was drafted. I thought Malcolm Brown will have like 50-50, if not 60-40 split with Henderson. But now I just feel that Henderson, the only way he gets something is um, through pass catching. And I'm Mm -hmm. also not sure because Akers is very, very good in that area too. Yeah, he's really good pass protector too, to be honest with you. Yeah, me. yeah, he, he's mm-hmm. very good. And he's very smooth in pass catching too. I mean, probably after Swift, I think he's the best pass catcher in this, uh, you know, in this class. So that's mm-hmm. why, I mean, looking at all this, I have no hopes for Henderson. I think he's a big loser. 
Yeah, Henderson before Trenton goes here. It's just kind of a bad scheme fit too, because they kind of run this zone scheme, and the problem is, um, they're all Henderson isn't really the most um kind of east to west kind of runner. He's more north to south, right? He finds the big hole, he hits it, he's gone, right? The problem with the zone scheme is you have to go here. Okay, is my hole here? No. Then I gotta go here. Is my hole here? No. And I'm gonna go off the screen. You know what I mean? That's kind of you have to have that agility, that lateral agility, and that's something that. He may mm -hmm. have athletically, but he didn't show on film, right? That was kind of his weakness. Yeah. And Trent mm -hmm. can back me up here. He can disagree. I'm not the biggest film kind of sore like some, but that's what I noticed. So I thought the, the fit was kind of weird. If the Rams offensive line was like mm -hmm. super duper good, I think it could be a little bit better because they'll give him more time to process. But, you know, Akers is kind mm -hmm. of similar in that regard, but Akers actually showed some agility, um, you know, and showed that ability to run uh, west and east on like, Henderson so then maybe that's why I think it's such a bad thing for Henderson too because he's he already wasn't that spectacular now somebody's coming in who could fit that role better mm -hmm. yeah Akers is much better fit for that scheme than uh he was it's I, I it's it's not really even that close you you said that they were similar in that regard no they're not Akers is much more agile. He's much better fit for that scheme. Mm -hmm. And so Henderson's value is going to be capped because he's going to be behind, as Sonatin said, Malcolm Brown still, potentially. Mm -hmm. And he's a much worse fit than their current draft pick. So, I mean, they, they drafted him with the intentions of him, Akers, with the int intentions of how, giving him time, giving him touches. So... I mean, sure, they lost Gurley, who had a lot of touches. All of those could be taken over by Akers. And then, so that still leaves very little for him. So it's it's tough. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they um, either use a committee like they came out and said, or if maybe Akers takes over just because the other guys aren't that good. If uh, Henderson was on the Colts, I would be very, very interested. Because he needs a very good offensive line to just show his burst that he has. Shows That's the only thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing going for him. Just... Yeah, yeah, cannot create on his own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He can't create on his own once the hole's there, though. That's something I think he's very good mm -hmm. at. Once the hole's there, he's like a missile. Lightning McQueen out here, okay? So let's move on here. Some jokes here for you in the Fantasy Flavor wow. Podcast and YouTube channel. <laughs> um, Triton, you're next here. Who's your biggest loser in the draft? All right, so I'm going to start out by saying, please, never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the listeners but, leaving the podcast, uh, like, zoom, zoom. <laughs> uh, but for my biggest loser, who I think is honestly the biggest loser of the offseason, aside from a guy we might talk about later, this, a certain Green Bay Packers quarterback. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest loser of the offseason of off is Darren Waller. Because you look at last season, he had no competition. Yeah. They had Tyrell Williams, and their wide receiver two was a toss-up between Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro. Not very awe-inspiring. He yeah. was their option. He was their guy. They had nobody else to go to. That's why he was their guy. Mm-hmm. This offseason, in the draft alone, they got three guys that could come in and give big competition. They got Henry Ruggs, they got Edwards, and they also brought in Lynn Bowden, who they've said they wanted to play at running back, but they've also said they want to move around a lot. So 
they now have pass catchers. They have those weapons. They still have Tyrell Williams, who is a decent guy in his own right, in my opinion. So they have a lot more competition for him now. And so I feel like his numbers are going to decline just because he'll be seeing less targets. Uh, On top of that, he is, in my opinion, that Travis Kelsey type of tight end. He's not. He's going to be that guy that gets you chunk yardage, big yardage numbers, but he's not going to score a whole ton. He'll score mm-hmm. an okay amount. He scored three times last season. He's more built for the open field. He's that wide receiver type guy that'll catch the pass, get chunk yardage, go down. He's not going to score. He's not that red zone guy. He is that yardage guy, and that yardage isn't sustainable with other weapons. So his yardage is going to go down, and his touchdown, he doesn't have the touchdowns to cover for that. Like, you have certain tight ends that if you add other weapons, he has the, they would have the touchdown uh, ability to cover for it. They could catch maybe a couple more touchdowns and put up similar numbers. That isn't what Waller is. He's not that touchdown-dependent guy. He's the yardage and catches-dependent guy, and he's not going to get those. He's not going to get that again. Yeah, um, I get where you're coming from. I do think I'm going to kind of break it down by pick. I thought, uh, you know, the best case scenario for Waller was if they did grab Henry Ruggs there because he won't catch as many passes. I feel like Waller kind of wants to work over the middle, right? He kind of wants to work that field. And Henry Ruggs, he's going to be kind of going vertical there. A lot of vertical, maybe some underneath stuff. But if, you know, let's say you run, um, you know, have, kind of have, have him on a drag, maybe the safety will come down to, double uh you know henry ruggs and that'll open up a vertical passing play like you talked about there for darren waller so i thought that was a good schematic fit even if the volume goes down then you add in brian edwards who i think kind of plays that same role as darren waller but i love brian edwards too and then you still have hunter renfro there and here's the big thing about waller waller splits with and without hunter renfro are severely different Darren Waller is not good at fantasy football production when Hunter Renfro's there because Hunter Renfro kind of takes down that check down option. He kind of takes over that middle of the field. So, yeah, I kind of already thought Osaka was down regardless of who they added, but I definitely get um, how it could be worse. So, I don't know if Sanan has anything to add. That's all I have to say about Darren Waller. No, Mm -hmm. same thing. I I thought that, you know, based on regression itself, it is going to come down. Mm But this makes it worse. Yeah, so. touchdowns could maybe I go agree. up though. But they added Jason Witten too. But so. who cares? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, let's move on here to my loser. I'm gonna make it a lot quicker here because Carry on Johnson. I we loved him. I was the lowest on him coming in, and he was my RB12, Dynasty RB12, and that was lowest. I mean, that's a yikes from us. We love the Godwin train, but you know, the Keep in mind, this was last year, not this year. Yeah, last year. No, this don't year is my RB3, obviously. I'm just kidding. Please don't listen to that. Um, <laughs> just, you know, overall, Carrion kind of was always like this bigger guy, but when you look at his weight, he's only like 210, 213. He's always been kind of that lighter guy, even though he looks bigger than he play, you know, is. Athletically, he was kind of always sub-average, but the thing that happened was they added Daryl Bevel, and they cut Theo Riddick, and then he went to the Broncos, I believe. So there's a whole there's a whole bunch of reception work there already, and carry on looked pretty good in that regard. There's a whole bunch of rushing opportunity, like Eric Blunt, zoom down, right? So it's just there's so much opportunity for carry on, but my dude broke down. My dude, like week two, he said, "All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna rust for a few weeks, right?" Obviously, he got injured, right? And it was um, it might have been an ankle sprain, I believe. It was not the uh, the best there. So um, just kind of overall, it's just. 
the injuries hurt, and then he had DeAndre Swift. That's kind of the main thing that hurts his value. He was still interesting, but he definitely plummeted when he couldn't stay healthy. And then when he was back, they ran a committee, and both Scarborough showed some things. And, you know, DeAndre Swift is terrible because Swift's probably a better pass catcher. Daryl Bevel already doesn't target his running backs much. Maybe um, bottom three targeting the running back team there in the league. So it's kind of bad for the both of them. And now you add someone in who can catch on third down. Um, and our Karrion Johnson isn't a power back. He is only 210. He, he might need to put on weight. So I don't even know if he's a good compliment. The coaching staff did come out and say that, you know, Karrion Johnson is going to be, um, DeAndre Swift will be a good compliment to Karrion Johnson. I don't know what that means. Why are you taking Swift in the second round if you want to compliment <laughs> back? But, um, I mean, maybe they really do believe. Karrion's looked fine when he's healthy, but obviously if he drops Swift in the second round, that's really good draft capital there. And, um, Carry on. Maybe he'll be traded, hopefully, because I don't think he's bad. He just, just yeah, you know, can't stay healthy, couldn't stay healthy there at Auburn. I, I think know. they want two running backs, though. Yeah, they, they want two running trade. backs, mm-hmm. which yeah, is kind of why you have to be weary on Swift in some regards. But if you believe in Swift's talent, let's say carry on goes down, I don't know. But definitely a committee there, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I have nothing more to add. No, yeah, yeah nothing. You nailed it on the head. Andre Swift already it's pretty simple. Uh, Let's talk know. about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> a um, few more losers. A few more losers just because Aaron Rodgers is the biggest loser of all. Crybaby overrated. One yeah, touchdown, six loser. interceptions in the um, NFC Championship game. You know, not to go, okay? In this proof. Matt LaFleur really screwed him over, man. That Packers. I. This is the first time I'm feeling bad for Aaron Rodgers, you know? How can you feel bad for such a, you know, what do you call, arrogant guy? But I do. I do feel bad for him because he's very talented. And they're just fucking with him, honestly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Some other losers, you you guys, in your mind, some other losers that who could be... For I think Fant is a loser a little bit mm-hmm. because now they have a lot of options in the middle too. Judy mm-hmm. is a great, great uh, option in the middle of the... <clears throat> field and mm-hmm. he, he is going to take away some of the targets from Fant. I think Sutton also loses some value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally think that they are not going to be that high volume anyways because they still want to run the ball a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Ronald Who Jones you guys think? loses some value too. Ronald Jones. People thought yeah, he could uh, potentially stay there. Yeah, they're, they're, Twitter, mm-hmm. Twitter loved Ronald Jones. So He was a loser regardless. Yeah, I mean, not the best. I mean, he never fit what you know Tom Brady wanted there, to be honest. Um, any other yeah. friend? Do you have any mm-hmm. other losers? I'll you give you a winner. A yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll give you a winner. Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke's oh, yeah. a big Drew Locke. We've seen a lot of these sophomore quarterbacks blow up and be top fantasy producers and points mm-hmm. per game. Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Don't listen to Dylan. That's Drew, not happening. Drew Locke could be but, the next. It's going to be Drew Locke or Daniel Jones, Ed, baby. They did add two of my favorite wide receiver targets in the draft. Mm-hmm. They added Jerry Judy, who was my top guy going into the draft, and they added KJ Hamler, who was, I believe, my wide receiver six going in. Yeah. Too and, soon to okay. anoint him like the star. Too soon. Too soon, guys. Don't go to the top five. It is, but he is he is a clear winner of this offseason. They he added is. so much around him. Yes. Yeah. But don't go on buying. Like, I have seen people uh, buy lock for, you know, in, in one quarterback league, second rounder, plus they are giving away a 
yeah. back from their <laughs> I just it's it's close yeah definitely um definitely I feel like Jalen yeah, people hurt. are on the same feeling that people had about Baker last year okay yeah definitely exact same feeling somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. better though they did ball a lot they have beefed up their O-line with uh, good uh, run blockers and they added Gordon along with Lindsay. I just think they, they have a good defense too. So please don't hype up. You know, just saying to the listeners, don't go for that top five thing and start paying up mm-hmm. a lot for him. I'm all just in on Lockin' Daniel Jones. I disagree. Go buy those dudes before <laughs> they blow up. Um, Just for Superflex mm-hmm. listeners here. I think Jarrett Stedham's a winner there if you took a gamble on him. The Patriots kept coming out and saying they liked him. Obviously, that was true. I mean, if you're a Pats fan like me, you know it's true. Everything kind of pointed that direction. But mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was kind of a loser, too, there. People like Jalen Hurts is a sleeper in oh, Superflex yeah. Leagues. Mm-hmm. And his upside is if a player gets injured. So, you know, not the best. I don't have anything else, though. Do you guys have anything else to add? I, I just want to add that our listeners should keep in mind that these are Winners and losers of the offseason, not guys that we would draft and guys that we won't draft. I mean, some of these guys that are losers, we might still draft later in the in drafts we're in. Some of these guys that we have as winners are guys that we're looking more at late round and not we're not guys that we're going to pick like in the first five rounds. I mean, mm. it's not that. It's that these guys are guys that came into the offseason. We expected them to get worse or we expected them to get better or we just didn't expect anything for them. And then they either got worse or better. It's it's not fantasy related in that way. It's just that this guy got a lot better team around him, per se. Yeah, definitely well said there. Okay. Okay, and with that being said, just a reminder to listeners and viewers on YouTube, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Um, don't even know if that's a word. If you're on podcast platform, same thing to you. Leave a five star rating. Make sure to subscribe there too. Please, please, please put a smile on our faces. We really need it. Yeah, so it's not getting any sleep. So you know, um, yeah, that <laughs> would mean a lot to us. And with that being said, we are out. Um, take care, stay safe, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Feel free to leave feedback, subscribe, or check out our previous content. And remember, have a fantastic rest of your day.